put our hands together one more time. Welcome, Brother Jeremy Lang. Come on, let's give that to Jesus. He's worthy today, isn't he? Praise the name of the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. What a blessing it is to be in God's service one more time. Amen. It's a blessing to be here with you at Bethlehem. So thankful for each one of you and uh, give honor to the wonderful leadership of this assembly, uh, to Bishop Wilson, Pastor Vasquez. I certainly love and appreciate these great men and their families so very, very much. I couldn't help but think uh, today as we were worshiping, you know, in the ALJC, we don't have a Vatican. But if we did, it would be Bethlehem. This wonderful assembly has been a flagship assembly for our organization in leadership, in labor, in love, in commitment. And I'm so very, very grateful for each one of you today. And uh, I also uh, want to say If you are a first-time guest today from this community, I want you to do me a favor and come back next week and hear Pastor Vasquez preach the Word of God. Church, aren't you thankful for the ministry of Brother Vasquez? What an awesome, awesome pastor that God has given to you. Amen. Such a wonderful blessing uh, that it is for you all to have wonderful leadership like this and as well, I don't always get to travel with my family, but I'm with my beautiful wife, and I haven't got a chance to tell her yet this morning. You look beautiful this morning, honey. And uh, when I walk into a room with her on my arm, it gives all the other ugly men in the room hope. They say, if God can do it for him, he can do it for me also. And I'm so thankful my wife and our precious five children are with us here in service today. It's a blessing, blessing to be with you. Amen. Thank you for your warm welcome to us and your hospitality, hospitality, letting us stay in the evangelist quarters here, which has been renovated since I was here last time. And uh, whoever uh, is responsible for that, awesome job on that. Very, very good. Uh, it's so comfortable for us, and we appreciate it so very much. The book of Micah, chapter number 4, verse number 5, while you're finding that, Uh, I want to say it was such a blessing to take many people in this assembly to Israel in 2020, just before, you know, we barely, we all barely made it back to the United States uh, before borders started shutting down. In fact, uh, had we not come back the time that we did, we would all still be in Israel right now. It has been shut down very hard for many, many, many months, and so um, it's a a blessing that we were able to get out in time, but we had a wonderful, wonderful trip with the group from this assembly as well as some from outside of this assembly that had uh, family and whatnot that was connected to this church. We had such a great time. We look forward to going again, Lord willing, next year, and so I look forward to meeting with the interest group at 5 o'clock this afternoon. And I'm ready to field any of your questions that you may have. I'm just going to talk a little bit about Israel and why it's important to go to Israel and what we're going to be doing, what we're going to be seeing. We're going to be talking about some of the specifics with regards to that. So we look forward to meeting with you at 5 o'clock today. Micah chapter number 4, verse number 5. If you're there, say amen. For all people will walk everyone in the name of his God. You know, everybody's walking today in the name of something. Everybody's marching for something. But we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. We will walk not in the titles Father, Son, Holy Ghost, not in the name of some idol somewhere, But we are here today because we have made a choice to walk in the name of the Lord our God. Not just today, not just on Sunday, 
not just whenever we're standing in front of pastor and bishop, but we're going to do it forever and ever. Are you determined today? More now than ever. We're going to walk in the name of the Lord. Very simple title today. I just wanted to encourage us this morning. Keep walking. Keep walking. Turn to your neighbor before you're seated and tell them, keep walking. Amen. Amen. And may God bless his word today. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. I first heard of the story many years ago while my wife and I were working as missionaries for many years in the nation of India of a group of men who stumbled into the embassy in Calcutta in West Bengal in India. Their story, or rather their testimony, begins in the year 1941 during the height of World War II there were a group of men who were being kept in a Soviet gulag. This gulag was essentially a prison camp for criminals and political insurrectionists. This gulag was in one of the most inhospitable places in all of the world, Siberia. Because of the harsh and uh, terrible climatic conditions of this remote location, there was little use to try and escape. In essence, anyone who tried to escape from this camp would eventually die in the wilderness of Siberia. However, there were a group of men who conspired to escape. It was with a display of true grit and in the middle of winter that they escaped and they, they, they escaped the compound fences and began their walk southward. Where were they going? They were not really sure at that time. All they knew and all that they had resolved in their mind was that we can no longer stay in this gulag, in this prison camp. They were going to try to walk out of the Soviet Union. They walked through blizzards. They walked through sub-zero temperatures. They endured the harsh winter of Siberia. And after many weeks of walking, they finally reached the Mongolian border. After they entered into Mongolia, they realized that they had to keep going. They couldn't stop there because communism was also there. So they proceeded to walk through the Gobi Desert, through parts of China. But they could not stay in China because communism was also there. They were sure that they would be sent back to the Soviet Union. So what did they do? They kept walking southward. They walked until they reached the Tibetan Plateau with some of the most rugged territories in the world, yet they kept on walking southward. It was after 11 months of walking through deserts, through mountains, through harsh climatic conditions that they crossed the border of Tibet into British-controlled India where they would have freedom and they would have safety at last. What was the key to ordinary individuals walking over 4,000 miles in 11 months? It was simply that they had a determination that come what may, we're going to keep on walking. I want to say to us today that Satan at one time or another had us all bound up in a gulag, a prison of sin and a prison of sorrow. But I am thankful that one day I walked into an apostolic church, but I didn't stop there. I walked up to the altar and repented of my sins, but I didn't stop there. I walked into a watery grave of baptism, but I didn't stop there. I kept on walking to the altar until God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And today I've come to testify to you that 24 years later, I'm still walking. I'm still here. I've gone through mountains. I've gone through valleys. I've gone through deserts. I've gone through dryness. But I am still here today. 
And I want to preach to somebody. God has brought you too far to stop now. You have no reason to stop trusting him now. Keep on walking. Keep on walking. There is a promise that is soon to come down. That dusty old road. Come on. I want to encourage you. Keep on going. The 138th Psalm, verse number 7, declares, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. I love it whenever revival happens corporately. But do you know what brings corporate revival? Personal revival. When personal revival, we sing it all the time. It's an old song. It's older than dirt, but it's powerful that says, Lord, send a revival and... Woo, come on, somebody. I believe in this scripture today. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. Everyone in this place is at some point or another going to walk through troubles, trials, and temptations. It's going to happen. There's no one that is immune to it today. Every one of us in this place we are subject to some kind of trouble in our life. But I am so thankful today that if I will be determined to walk in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we serve a God that when we feel down, he's going to revive us. He's going to give us strength to keep going. He is able to raise us up. Even though we have been downtrodden, God never promised that we would not have trouble. But he did say, in the moment of your trouble, don't worry, I'm going to step on the scene with my right hand and I'm going to bring revival to you. I'm going to bring you out of your situation. But we've got to be determined to keep on walking. Especially in this day and age when we're living where every one of us today knows someone who's suffering with the C word. It's a new bad word. We all hate it. Most of us have had it. I just had a surgery a year ago, this past week. And after that surgery where I had six incisions in my abdomen, pastor knows what I'm talking about, I got COVID. It was a terrible, terrible time for me. I thought I was going to die. But one thing I realized is what the scripture declares. Yea, though I sit down, be quiet. Hold my peace, lay down, give up, go and sing gloom, despair, and agony on me. You're God's holy people. You never watched Hee Haw. My dad made me watch it when I was young. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what? I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Come on, somebody. He has not left us. He has not forsaken us. He is still as close as the very mention of his name. I'm talking about my Jesus today. But we have to be determined that even when we're faced with death in our own person or in our family or in our community, we've got to keep on walking. We've got to keep on going. We've got to keep on praying. We've got to keep on worshiping. We've got to keep on reaching out to souls in this day and age. I love what the text says in Daniel chapter number three. Again, this is Sunday school stuff, but it's powerful. The Bible tells us of the three Hebrew boys in verse 23 of Daniel chapter three and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and a bumblebee. You can tell I've got kids. Vegetarian. Okay. They fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonied and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose. Laying down, writhing in pain, burning in the fire. No, no, no. He said, I see four men no longer bound. Why are they not bound? 
They're loosed because they were determined even in the midst of the fire, I'm going to walk. Walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. I want to encourage somebody today in the midst of your fire don't be afraid to stand up and to walk around because I promise you there is a fourth There is a fourth man that's not going to let you walk alone. He's going to be right there with you. Come on. I'm here to preach to you about the fourth man. The fourth man that says, you're not going to walk in that fire alone. I'm going to come and I'm going to walk with you. That's my Jesus today, who is God manifested in the flesh, who was tempted in all manner like as we are, yet without sin. I want to tell you today, you are not walking alone in the midst of your fiery trial. He is with you. So keep walking. Keep on walking. It's not an easy thing to do. I know what it's like. I mentioned to you a year ago this week, I had a surgery. I got COVID. It took me 10 or 11 weeks to recover after that. I don't know what was post-op and what was from COVID. I have no idea, but I was terribly sick. I had to go into the ER twice, was dehydrated. It was terrible. I told my wife, I said, I don't think I've survived this thing yet. It, 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 was, it was terrible. For many, many weeks went on and on and on. I couldn't preach. I, I, I had no strength. It was terrible. I started to feel better in the month of October. I thought, okay, good. I made it through that fire. And then in November, we got robbed. And then in December, we got robbed again. Ooh, I wanted to lay hands suddenly on some thieves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Without anointing oil or anything, you know. Lay hands on them suddenly, a fist bump to the forehead. You've never wanted to do that before, but I'm redheaded and that's part of how we roll. (laughs) Barely survived a surgery, robbed in November, robbed in December, but kept on walking. Filled up my schedule. We were down preaching for Pastor Sean Garnett. Pastor V and I is a good friend. He's a preacher, brother. That guy can preach. He's a preaching machine. I'm telling you. Yes, amen. Got to make sure he watches this today. We have a, a joke. I always tell Brother V that Brother Garnett's a great, great preacher, and he gets so tired of hearing it. At least that's what he told me. Put him on the spot today. We're down there preaching for Brother Garnett. On our way back to Indiana, we're involved in a terrible car wreck. My wife was injured. We didn't know if she was going to be able to see in her right eye. Her right eye was damaged. She was blind in her eye for many hours after that wreck. We didn't know what was going to happen. She, her, she had four or five broken bones in her face, and uh, her knee was injured, and all of these things were happening and it was like we were rolling with the punches one month after the other and then the later on the end of that month my mother got very terribly sick and ended up passing away in April I lost my mother and I'm just I'm just thinking God when is it going to stop raining but then in the midst of all of that I was reminded That with all of the, I'm going to teach you a Hebrew word right here because it's going to be the most convenient Hebrew word that you have ever had besides hallelujah and amen. Those are both very convenient Hebrew words. It's the word mishagas. Mishagas. Everyone say mishagas. You know what it means? Craziness. And if anyone has a uh, friends from Michigan... In Yiddish, a crazy person is a Michiganer. It all makes sense now, Pastor V says. Amen. I have dear friends in Michigan. I tell them all the time, you're just a Michiganer. It means a crazy person. So Michigas, all kinds of Michigas was going on in our family. 
But oh, what a wonderful blessing. And I'm going to draw your attention to your first lady, Sister V, real quick. Because December the 31st, we thought that 2020 was all Michigas. Not all. I'm about to show you the greatest blessing of 2020. The last, she got in there three hours before 2021, but she was born New Year's Eve. My little Zipporah Eden was born. And I began to think, you know what? In the midst of all the Michigas, look at that blessing. Woo, come on, somebody. You see, oftentimes, surviving the fire and the ability to keep walking is about controlling your mind and what you're thinking about. If all you think about is the trial and never think about the blessings, you're not going to have the will to keep going on. But look at that little healthy blessing that God gave us. Fast forward to April when we realized that my mother was not going to make it. I had to rewind over 20 years to go back to the fact that I was born into a secular family. There wasn't anyone in my family that was involved in, in church or anything like that. And, and the only real religious people in my family was my Jewish cousins. And I remember as, as, a, as a young man, a new convert, 16 years old, 17 years old, my parents weren't in church, but I put a Bible study under my arm, Bishop, and I went to my parents and I said, I want my parents to love God. I want them to have this new birth experience. So I went back in my mind as I was watching my mother take her final breaths. I was comforted in knowing that my mother, through that home Bible study, was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and filled with the Holy Ghost and loved God until her last day. Come on, somebody. There's always a blessing in the midst of the trial. Sometimes you've got to look hard, but that was all it took for me to say, I got to keep walking. I got to keep going. God has not forgotten. God has not made a mistake. He's still large and in charge. So I'm going to keep on loving. I'm going to keep on reaching. I'm going to keep on walking. It's not easy to do when we're in the midst of the fire. But in retrospect, we can look back and say, I thank God. I thank God for the many blessings and the things that he's taught me, even though I was walking through the fire. We know the story of, of Joshua coming to Jericho. And Bezrat uh, Hashem, Lord willing, or with the help of the Lord, when we go to Israel, we weren't able to go, I think, with your group because COVID had hit Jericho really hard. And uh, we weren't able to go with the last group from Bethlehem, but we're going to go, Lord willing, the next time. And I want you to see the walls of Jericho. They're not there. Huh. In fact, there's a restaurant right next to the old city of Jericho, the literal city. Ruins are still there. We can eat there in that restaurant and look out the window and see... No walls. There's a lot of things left, but the walls are gone because they fell down flat. Now, we make a mistake in thinking that it was the shout that brought the walls down. We make a mistake in thinking it was how loud they yelled. But the fact is, their shout was fueled by seven days of walking before. The Bible tells us that for seven days, they walked the first six around one time. Then on the seventh day, they walked around seven times. How many times is that? Thirteen. We need to take back the number 13 from the world who says it's unlucky. Thirteen. Times walking around the city brought it down. It's a blessed number, not an unlucky number. Hello. So the Bible tells us, we oftentimes say, Oh, when you hear the trumpets of Randall, then I want you to shout with a great shout. Their shout was fueled by their walk. Now I believe in shouting. 
I believe in clapping our hands together, all you people, and shouting unto God with the voice of triumph. But if you want to see the true potential of your shout, try walking the seven days leading up to your shout and see what kind of walls might fall down flat that once stood boldly in your face. Listen, we cannot expect to come in every Sunday and shout when we've lived like the devil the days before and expect all of our walls to come down. Listen, if we're going to make it in this walk with God, we've got to do just that. We've got to walk day after day after day, making a conscious effort to say, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to walk in holiness. I'm going to walk in righteousness. I'm going to live this gospel before the believer and the unbeliever. This is the reason why we are commanded in the scripture to walk. It is a faith walk, not a sight walk, as we all know very, very well. When the children of Israel walked properly and then shouted, it was then, as we know, the walls of Jericho did indeed fall down flat. I've been there. The walls aren't there. There's a lot of walls in Israel. Those aren't there. It's amazing that the walls around the Temple Mount... Many of those original walls are still there. Many of the walls in Hebron are still there. There are many remaining walls in Israel. But the walls of Jericho are not there. Their absence is a testimony to you and I, not of just the power of a shout. The absence of those walls is a testimony of the power of the walk. So the Bible then declares to us, this I say then, oh, I like it, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It would be easy sometimes we could say, sing in the Spirit, even those of us who can't carry a tune in a bucket, we would say, hey, you know what, I think I can make a joyful noise too. It doesn't say preach in the Spirit either. It doesn't say dance in the spirit. No. All of these things are great. All of these things are good. And all of these things are holy. But let us never underestimate the power of the daily walk. You may hear people testify, I seen an angel. I, I saw blinded eyes open. I saw all these things. And these are all things that God can do. But never think that you are less of a saint of God even if all you do is decide in your mind I'm going to live today and walk in truth and walk in holiness. You are a success story in the kingdom of God. The scripture declares in Isaiah 40 and verse 31 and we all know the scripture, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. We like that. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I want you to notice the progression. Not from walk to run to fly, but from fly, running, and then walking. The progression is kind of backwards as to what we would think it should be in. And the reason is because there will be times in your life that you will fly. Camp meeting comes. We're going to fly. Revival comes. We're going to fly. This situation happens. We're going to run the aisles. We're, there are going to be times that we're going to run. But at the end of the day, we better be caught walking. Do not allow your life to be just a life of several highs of flying and then going and sitting somewhere. Going and flying at camp meeting or going and flying at revival meeting or going and flying whenever you get a raise on the job, but then going and sitting down and laying down and backsliding. No, 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 a thousand times no. We need to every day walk in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, you will fly from time to time. Yes, you will run from time to time. But at the end of the day, this thing is going to those who endure to the end. And I believe today it's not going to be to the quick. It's not going to be to those that are flying. It's not going to be to those that are running. It's going to be those that are walking in the Spirit. Yes, sir. 
And this is also how we take territory. Think about it for a moment. Can you imagine? The Bible tells us in Joshua 14 and 9, And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. God was saying, Wherever your foot goes, that's yours. But the only way to get there is you've got to walk. If you want to conquer, can you imagine how amazing this is? That he said, if you want to take the land, I'm not worried about how quick you are with your sword. I'm not worried about the things that you have or that you don't have. All I want you to do is resolve in your mind, I'm going to put my foot there. And God said, that's all you've got to do. Put your foot there and it's yours. Now here's the amazing thing. Today Israel is the size of the state of New Jersey. But in the covenant which God made to father Abraham, God told Abraham, here's what I want to give to you. From the river Euphrates to the river Nile. That's all supposed to be yours. That means from Iraq to Egypt, I'm giving to you, Abraham. We have a natural inclination, dear brothers and sisters, to settle for what we oftentimes think is enough. New Jersey size, that's enough for us. That's not what God promised. I want to encourage someone, don't settle for less than God's promises in your life. God said all you have to do is set your feet from the river Euphrates to the river Nile. And that is the territory that I have promised unto you. And it's amazing to me that even at the end of the life of Moses, God tries to remind Moses of that very promise. When he led him up to the top of Mount Pisgah, which was near to the Jordan River, God said, Moses, I want you to look around you. Now, we could have said if God told him, Moses, I want you to look west. There's Israel, west of the Jordan River. We could all say, okay, what we have today is Israel. That's enough. But God was trying to remind Moses of a promise that was made to his father Abraham. So God told Moses, I want you to look north. I want you to look south. I want you to look east and west. Essentially, look all around you because everything that you can see from this high point, from the Mount Pisgah, I have given to you. I want to encourage someone today. Don't settle for less than what God has promised you in his word. Don't settle for a partial healing. Don't settle for partial deliverance and say, he can never take me the rest of the way. No, I serve a God whose promises are yea and amen. I serve a God who is able and he is willing to fulfill what he has given to each and every one of us in his word. Come on, don't settle for less. But we have a big problem. We oftentimes sit down too early. This is the reason why the psalmist said, and oh, we know the scripture. By the rivers of Babylon, there we walked. We sat down, and yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. They required of us mirth. Saying, sing us one of the Lord's songs. And they said, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? The rivers of Babylon is the Tigris and the Euphrates. It should have never been a strange land to them. 
where they were sitting down, weeping. They should have been rejoicing. And they should have never been sorry for singing the Lord's song because they were sitting by a river that God had already promised them. This is one of those verses of Scripture that bothers me because just having a simple understanding of geography, we learn what God was trying to do. God wasn't bringing them to persecute them into next to those rivers of Babylon. He was bringing... My God, I'm about to shout. He was bringing them there saying, this is the land that I have already promised to you. You have no reason to sit down and weep. You've got every reason to stand up and to sing the songs of Zion. You need to get your harps off of those willows. You need to take those harps down and say, hey, look what's happened. We thought it was persecution, but really God just enhanced our borders. Really God just fulfilled his promise through bringing us here. Don't curse your trial. Don't curse your tribulation because I'm here to tell you it might be that trial or that tribulation that God might grow. Oh my God, I'm about to go nuts. That God might grow you in a way that you never would have imagined before. Come on, I want to encourage you. Don't curse your situation. God's going to grow you in spite of your persecution. God's going to grow you in spite of your pain. God's going to grow you in spite of what you're feeling. And so this is what I say. The Babylonians obviously knew that they had taken the people of Judah into captivity. And here they were. They said, ha, huh, sing us one of the Lord's songs. Oh. Sing us the songs of Zion. You know what that means? Their enemies had heard how powerful their song was. Not only that, their name gave away who they were. They were Am Yehuda in Hebrew, the people of praise. But what happens to people of praise when they sit down? Depression can settle in. That's why God has sent me by here today to encourage you to keep walking because the devil knows that he can steal your joy, can steal your praise if he'll just get you to sit down. We were not called to be a sitting church. We were called to be a walking church, a church on the move. And I'm here to encourage somebody today. Keep walking and don't forget who you are. You are Am Yehuda. You are the people of praise. You are the people that have been called to show forth the praises of him who have brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's the God that I serve. And so yes, I will show forth those praises. Yes, I will lift him up. I'm going to take my harp off of those willows and I'm going to play. I'm going to sing. But at the end of the day, I'm going to walk. I love what the Bible says. Jesus oftentimes told those who were sick to rise and take up thy bed, but he never stopped there. He always told them, you've got to walk. I wonder how many people, Bishop, over the years, with you, with your father, and then even since Pastor V has been here for many, many years, think about the people that have been healed in these altars. They got healed, but they didn't walk. It won't be the last time. <laughs> Too many people get healed. They get a touch. But they don't have enough thanksgiving to say, you know what? I want to stay in the presence of Jesus. 
How many people have been healed in these altars? How many people in this place have gotten a touch today? Yet we're going to turn around and we're going to leave here never walking with Jesus again. I want to speak to you today and say, don't go. Keep walking. Let God touch you. Let God minister to you. Keep on walking. Yes, he's already told you. Rise. Take up your bed. Now continue to walk. If God is able to heal you, he's able to save you. And he's able to keep you. And he's able to minister to you through all of life's troubles and trials. Stand with me today, church family. Thank you for every moment of time that you've given. I don't know about you, but I am looking forward to heaven. I'm looking the Bible declares in Isaiah chapter 35, verses 9 and 10. I love this text. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. You walk down here, you're going to get to walk up there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to walking there. I'm looking forward to being with the redeemed of the Lord, but I am also looking forward to forever being in the presence of my God who said, I am the author of eternal salvation. That is the God that you and I serve. So today I want to encourage somebody, keep walking. I don't care what you've faced in your life. God can bring you through it. I'm a testimony. And in this room are testimonies of people who can only say today, I don't know how I made it, except I just decided in my mind that through the fire, through the pain, through the problems, I'm going to keep walking. Can we lift our hands heavenward right now? Let's lift our hands all over this house. With our hands lifted and our hearts lifted in prayer unto the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let's just begin to worship Him in this house. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you, oh God. We worship you in this house, oh God. That's it. Worship him. Worship him. He is the author of eternal salvation today. That's my Jesus. I want to ask those of you who are determined more now than ever, I'm going to keep walking. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yea, though I walk through my problems, through the fire. Lord, I know that you're there walking with me. Would you come today? Maybe you need God to touch you. Maybe, maybe you need some faith today. Maybe you need a fresh, a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost. Maybe you need to be filled once again to overflowing with the Holy Ghost. Would you come today? Would you come today? Would you come and let God touch you? Let God minister to you. Let him heal you. Let him deliver you today. We're going to keep walking. We're going to keep walking. We're going to keep singing. We're going to keep shouting. But at the end of the day, we're going to walk. We're going to walk in the spirit. We're going to walk in truth. That's it. Go ahead and come on up. Go ahead and come on up, sisters. Go ahead and come on up, brothers. In the name of Jesus, let God touch you right now. Hallelujah. As they begin to play and sing whatever's on their heart today, I want us to lift up our voice unto the Lord. Cry out unto the Lord today in this house. And say, God, I need a touch today. I need some strength to keep walking. Lord, I face some trials. But, oh, God, I feel faith welling up in this house today. I feel faith welling up in my heart. Go ahead. Take advantage of this moment. Take 
take advantage of this moment, brother. Go ahead, sister. In the name of Jesus, maybe God's going to lead you to go and encourage somebody. Would you do that today? Go and encourage somebody. You're not walking alone. You're walking with your brother. You're walking with your sister today. Go ahead and minister one to another as well. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, he always guides. He always guides me.
while they're finishing this course, why don't you reach over and pray for somebody close to you right now and ask the Lord to help them to keep walking. Amen. Pray one for another. Ask the Lord to give strength. Ask the Lord to give grace. Ask the Lord to bless, to touch, to help. Oh, let them know they're not alone right now. Open your mouth and pray a blessing over your brother and sister today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. That's right. Let's pray. The Holy Ghost is moving here. Thank you, Jesus. God, strengthen my church family, Lord. In the name of Jesus name of the Lord. Amen. With our hands lifted to heaven for just a moment. While the Holy Ghost is moving, I just want you to reach out to the Lord and let his help, his strength come into you right now, into your spirit. He'll give you strength for the day. He'll give you strength for the journey. He'll give you strength to walk. That's right. The Holy Ghost is here right now. I feel his presence. He'll give you strength to walk through the valley. Not run through it, not fly through it, but yea, though I walk. God, help today in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. With your eyes closed and your hands lifted to heaven, God, I pray, Lord, right now for those who are dealing with a lot of spiritual frustration feel like they should be further along. They felt like they should be running. They find themselves walking, God. I thank you for this message today. Help me to keep on walking, Lord. Help me to keep moving forward. Help me to keep moving ahead. God, I don't want to back up on my commitment. I don't want to back up on holiness. I don't want to back up on worship. I don't want to back up on prayer. I don't want to take steps backward. God, just help me to take a step forward, even if it's one small step. Help me to move forward, to not give up, to not quit. Let me tell you, the most valuable thing you can do if you want to live for God is just don't quit. Just, just keep going. Amen. Thank you, Brother Lang, for the wonderful message this morning. Amen. Can you let Brother Lang know how much you appreciate the word today? Amen. He's going to be back here tonight, 630, ready to, we're going to be ready to worship the Lord.